0: Before I introduce our guest today, I want to mention an article that appeared over the weekend in the United Kingdom's The Sun. They reported on November 5th that the idea of human consciousness lives on after death, uh, according to a number of well-respected scientists. Uh, the reporter, George Harrison, writes that, quote, The British physicist Sir Roger Penrose is at the forefront of the, and he calls it eerie, theory claiming that humans have souls which don't die along with the body. We may not know exactly what consciousness is, but Penrose believes, according to this article, that it's just a packet of information stored at a quantum or subatomic level. Sensationally, he claims to have found evidence that this information, which is stored in microtubules within human cells, leaves the body after a person dies. And Harrison goes on to write... Sir Roger has argued that when a person dies temporarily, this quantum information is released into the universe only to return to the body's cells if the host is brought back to life. He argues that this explains why people can have near-death experiences and believes that this quantum information amounts to a soul leaving the body. The physics expert said if the patient dies, it's possible that this quantum information can exist outside the body, perhaps indefinitely as a soul. And the article goes on, and Sir Roger is not alone in believing this, since his theory is backed by researchers at the renowned Max Planck Institute for Physics, and Munich uh, experts there argue that our physical universe is just a perception, and that once our bodies die, there is an infinite life beyond. And then he mentions a Dr. Hans-Peter Dürr, former head of the Institute, who said, what we consider, when we What we consider, the here and now, this world, is actually just the material level that is incomprehensible. The beyond is an infinite reality that is much bigger. The body dies, but the spiritual quantum field continues. In this way, he wrote, I am immortal. Our guest today, Kathy Clegg, doesn't have to be a quantum physicist to know that our consciousness lives on. As a painter and a muralist, her job has has put her in haunted locations where she has had to negotiate with the spirits and residents to get her work done. Kathy, welcome to NDE Radio.
1: Hi, welcome. I'm glad that
0: I'm here. Oh, I am too. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Kathy, that article from The Sun I just mentioned has a short video where uh, Sir Roger Penrose is saying that somehow our brain is able to translate between math-based quantum reality and what he calls our classical understanding of reality. And, and a couple of your key indicators from the other side, uh, according to what you told me, come in, some, in the form of art imagery and also odors generated by spirits, two basically nonverbal forms of communication that you've experienced. So I thought maybe, maybe if you would... We could begin with the story of how an eagle cloud appeared in one of your murals.
1: Yes, that was um many years ago. I was living in a little rental house and I had I was doing a mural for um a, a fellow named Dick Gottlieb and his family. And um I was in a like a sunroom, uh, a little porch area and I had um beautiful sunny day and At about 2.30 in the afternoon, I had this horrible, sinking, just awful feeling that something very, very sad, very tragic had happened. And, of course, immediately you go to your own family and you think, well, thank goodness, something must have happened to my children. And I was painting clouds up over a scene of Sharon, Connecticut, Um, and the scene had a a town hall in it. And... um, but I just couldn't let that feeling go. So that evening I called my friend and I said, boy, something awful happened around 2.30 in the afternoon today. I felt it, you know, in my body. I, I just felt awful. And, um, and I almost felt like there was a presence in me that, um, that I couldn't explain. And I was trying to tell her that. And she said, well, a very good friend of, of ours uh, passed away just down the street from where you are. He had been electrocuted. Uh, up on, he was up on a pole disconnecting the the power line and his son, who was 10 years old, was holding the ladder for him and he uh, fell off the ladder and he died right then. Mm. And the my friend said, well, he died at 245 and I said, no, he really died at 230 because that's when he died and I said, but I, I feel there's something in this mural. So I called another friend of mine and I said, to her I think there's something in this mural I had this feeling so she came over and she said Kathy that whole cloud that's flying over the town hall is an eagle and I I didn't see it until she told me I honestly did not see it and it was an eagle in flight with its wing out Mm. and his wife worked at the town hall there and so um I called my friend Judy back and I said um I said, this is what happened. My friend said it's an eagle, and we talked about it in a while, and I, she said, do you think we should call his wife? And I said, let's wait a while. Hung up the phone. Two minutes after we hung up, she, this wife called my friend Judy and told her, she said, I got a card in the mail, and it was signed Dick Gottlieb. But my mother-in-law got the same card, and it, it wasn't signed at all. And, you know, just for, just for conversation, I guess. And Judy says, well, Kathy's doing the mural. Um, And this is what happened to her. And, of course, she said immediately that she wanted to come and see it. Mm. She said two days before her husband died, he had given their older son an eagle necklace. So the Mm. eagle that he painted for his 10-year-old son was to tell him that he was okay and that he had passed on through. So we, um, I had them over to see the mural, and the young man was in with the mural. We could not get our cameras to work inside that room. There was so much energy around that little boy. He could take his pictures. We could not. We had to literally go outside the room and take it through the window, Um, and I have a few pictures of him with the mural, and I told the man that, I was ordering the mural. I said, this happened. If you want, I'll paint a whole new painting for you. He said, oh, no, he was my best friend. So he has the mural. And um, so it it all kind of, one thing fell into another and explained itself as to why he came into me and painted that for his son was the fact that he wanted that 10-year-old to know that he was okay. So that's yes. That was one experience that I had. Um, and he, um, the little boy was so happy, I think, to, to know that, that there was that life after death.
0: Hmm. Was there any na- Native American, uh, relation to, to That's this? Right. Uh...
1: That's right. The, the Native Americans believe that the eagle carries the soul off into, um, you know, into heaven or wherever um you know whatever your belief is but that's theirs and and the fact that he had given his older son that eagle necklace 2 days before he died was almost for him a premonition um maybe that something bad was going to happen or that he would you know want to leave him with with that symbol and and then he came into me and left that symbol for him for his younger son um so and now
0: you you were feeling um, uh, quite ill when when he while you were uh, while he was within you painting that cloud. Do you think
1: it's a heaviness? You feel heavy. You feel like there's something on your shoulders, um, and and there, it, it's almost like uh, you're not yourself. You're just not yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it didn't last very long, but long enough for him to to paint that eagle. And yeah. um, but yeah, you and every time I've had an entity uh, around me, I get that heavy feeling. It feels like like weight, literally. It feels like weight on your shoulders. Um, and uh, I've had several experiences of, of, of that. Um, uh, when I was in Newtown, Connecticut, um, I had a little girl who used to come to visit me, and I would I was always outside. And I always felt I could feel that weight on me. And I, you end up being like a, like a detective because you have to find out what's going on and why are you feeling this way. And so you, you, have, you, you really can't ignore anything that's told to you because these are, these are um, people that are trying to get in touch with you and they're trying to get your attention. Uh, in, in some way. And so I, I didn't know anything about that area, so I had to do a lot of detective work to find out what I, who that was and why did I feel that way every time I went outside. I'd be doing gardening or I'd be stripping furniture or whatever I was doing. I always had this feeling that this little girl was, or, you know, whatever, was next to me. So mm-hmm. I found out that there was, had been a barn on our property, uh, right in front of our house, and this little girl had fallen out of the barn, and she was about 11, 12 years old. So I always had the sense that she was just at my shoulder, just at my shoulder height, and um, and she never tried to touch me or or messed with me. But we had a snake that lived in the wall, and it never would come out of the wall. It would sit there and watch me. <laughs> and I don't know if it sensed her too. Um but I was all. I had the snake in this little girl uh anytime I was out in the yard no matter what I did and it it was just uh you know it was a feeling. So yeah, did, that was another Did you uh, another.
0: did you talk to her?
1: I I didn't talk to her uh at that time and and I had and again it's it's a process of learning and I talked to some other people and and they had said but you could talk to them and you could actually send them on. And so had I known that information, then I would have done that. Um, I had another experience. It was a barn in uh, Sharon, Ellsworth, Connecticut, which was part of Sharon, Connecticut. And um, I there was one, I worked in a apple farm, at an apple farm. And in the barn upstairs, there was one spot that was always a little bit and i could sense i had that heavy feeling and a very sad very sad feeling and i couldn't figure it out so again i had to do some detective work and i found out that the woman that had owned that property had committed suicide in the barn so i started talking to her and i found out the to her that she shouldn't have sold the the farm to this particular person, and that uh, he took advantage of her, and anyway, I started to to tell her, I said, you know, you did a wonderful thing by selling this property to this man, because he had the money and the means to fix it, and he fixed the barn. The barn was falling apart, it was, that literally would have split in two if they hadn't uh, braced it and fixed it in. And, and I said, he's made this farm a very, um, famous apple farm. He's hmm. taken your apples and made them famous. And we're shipping to people all over the world and, and out into California. Very famous people were coming to this farm and buying apples from here. And, and he did that. He, he has made Ellsworth put it on the map, and um, it was called ellsworth farm and we were shipping to uh, very, very um, famous people out in california England all over and um, so after I talked to her for a little while, I started to not feel her anymore i i think I think she was okay with what she did and um and she she left. I I just never felt her after that. So, you know, you can release them. They I was told that you can release them if they haven't been gone for very long, but if they've been there for like hundreds of years, you just can't get them. You know, they can't. They sometimes they just get stuck.
0: They and really set in their ways.
1: Very being set there. Their way. yeah. yeah, I had two women that were um, prostitutes. And they were in a what had been a barn that had been turned into a house, and um, they were stuck. They they couldn't leave, and but they didn't want a woman in the house after dark because it was uh, it would have been competition. So I'm painting in this house uh, again. I didn't know anything about it, but I could smell these night embers. Okay, so I asked the owner of the house about it, and he said, "Oh yes," he says, "We have these two Sisters that uh, evidently died up in the loft area of the house, and they don't—they used to service the men that, that drove the horses up from New York City, and so—and um, they—they died up in in that hayloft, and uh, but they don't know that they're dead; <laughs> they—they're still, you know, they're still waiting for the men to come up. And so they don't want women, other women in the barn after dark. And he said that at first, he said they wouldn't let us lock the doors. And so uh, he said we had a seance, and we had to tell them that we were gay and that we had to lock the doors because there were things in the house we didn't want stolen. Mm. So they allowed them to lock the doors, um, but they still don't want to have women in the house after dark. So, um, So... I would I would be painting on the floor in the in, in their uh, basement, which was their master bedroom bathroom. And the next thing I knew, I smelled night embers. It smelled just like a fireplace. Well, there's no fireplace in this house. So I went outside, thinking somebody had started a fire outside. There was no fire going on outside. Come back in the house, I could smell night embers. I could smell the fireplace. <laughs> So I, I thought, okay, the girls are telling me something. So I yelled up the stairs and I said, "Okay, girls, I'm going home now." And I packed up all my art stuff, and there were that smell went right away immediately. Uh. <laughs> so they didn't want me in there after dark.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Did you tell the uh, the um, uh, owner? I would just uh, go back to the apple orchard for a minute. Did you ever yeah. tell him the story?
1: I would have spooked him out so bad, no. I, there's certain times you just can't tell stories like that because you really don't want to... I didn't want to scare anybody or... You know, I didn't want... I didn't want it to become... Because it was it was all very personal between her and I. And I, mm. I honestly didn't want him to know. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't want it to become a spectacle or, yes. or scare anybody, you know, that worked there. Um, and... Uh, I, very often, it becomes a very private conversation. Um, I, mm-hmm. I'm in Maine right now, but if I had told that to a lot of people in, in Sharon, Connecticut, and I was fairly well known because of my art, um, I didn't want it to become, you know, and the way that the neighbors and the friends had treated her, I just felt that was not a good thing to tell, you no? Know? Mm-hmm. So I,
0: I can't tell anybody. And and yet, from his point of view, from the owner's point of view, you convinced the the spirit basically that what had happened was a good thing. And mm-hmm. it's to his credit that he built the business the way he did. And and mm-hmm. um and she took comfort in that. And yeah. it also, I, I, if I, if it were my business, I would certainly incorporate that story into uh into some of the uh uh, marketing of the apples because I think people are really fascinated by this sort of thing.
1: That could have well, been, but, but I, I knew him pretty well, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure he would have really um, appreciated right. it, yeah, for what it was. And,
0: and yet the two gay men were quite comfortable apparently with the uh, the fact that there were two spirits oh,
1: that's of that's right. No, they didn't have a problem at all knowing that there were two women up there. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's 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 funny. Yeah. No, you you also talking about the smell of smoke. You you mentioned uh, to me a Chinese man and the smell of incense?
1: That was in another house. That was in a house um there was a road um close to Torrington. Um Schoolhouse Lane it was called and it again was a, a way house. It was a place where the um carriages would stop and they would spend the night there. And there was, um, I was doing quite a bit of painting on walls and things like that in that house with a decorator. And um, I had kind of been warned a little bit by her that there was an entity in the house. I felt him when I went in and when I started to paint, it was very obvious that he he had a strong presence there. And he was not nice. He -hmm. was not a nice person. And he was angry probably because he died. You know, mm-hmm. and he he um he didn't want the paint over the doorway. There was the energy that came from that room. He was upstairs in an upstairs bedroom, and the energy that came down. I couldn't get the paint to stick on the wall at all in that one section. And I was doing like vine work, hand painted vine work, um, all around the room. So I had a really hard time. I had to mix tarnish with it in order to get it to even stick a little bit and make it more muted than I normally would. But mm-hmm. um, he, he really gave us, and then towards the, the, when it started to get nighttime, it was like he wanted us out. He did not want us in that house, and we could smell incense. And I said to, to the gal that I was with, I, I, and I would not go in this house alone ever um, after she told me that, you know about him i just would not be there alone and so uh, i touched it he's telling us to get out and so um we yelled up the stairs again you know and talked to him and said we're leaving we're going you can knock it off or whatever (laughs) and we got out of there and just after i told him that we were packing up and going then the incense smell went away so they do they do have other ways of of uh letting you know that you're that they're around that um you know that that energy happened to, again to me i was in i was up living in New Hampshire and I was doing a mural in a in a house called it was brand new brand new house uh, called uh david's house it was a house for children that have cancer it's like a ronald Mcdonald house I was doing a mm-hmm. thirty foot mural there and um it was the first day that I was working on this mural and I went in and because of that experience that I had in Connecticut, I knew that there was something happening. So I, I started, I started uh, painting and the paint again would not stick on the wall. And I didn't know why, but I knew somebody was trying to get my attention and I said in a loud voice, okay, I'm going home now. And I packed everything up and I went back to my house and the phone had had a uh, the answering machine was you know the light how it flicks yes. so there was a message and the message was that one of my dear friends had died and she wanted me to go home and know that she had passed away so she had found me and she didn't want me to paint she wanted me to go home and get that message and mm-hmm. so um, so the so it's, it's a odd thing to happen I went back the next day. And started to paint, and the paint stuck on the wall. <laughs> <I don't laughs> was painting at all. So it wasn't an entity that was living there. It was an entity that found me, and she found me to tell me that she had died. So, yes. Yeah. And it, it's it's you know it comes in all different ways. You know.
0: I wonder how they would keep paint from sticking. You know, there's that talk about ect- ectoplasm yeah. or something like that. Some I don't maybe know. there was some material that they put between the paint and the wall that, that caused it, it to,
1: it's a really, it's really, I, I've had a tap it twice and, um, you know, but that it's a, because there's so much energy, um, in and around me, I guess that it mm. just, um, yeah, it just won't stick. It just won't stick to the wall. So, yeah, it's an interesting thing. Um, another one, was I was doing a wall, um, it was in a basement, it was, um, she was quite famous uh, person, uh, and it was her child's bedroom, and I was doing ABCs, stenciling all the way around the room, mm-hmm. and I was there for probably a week and a half, every day, and every time that this one window, I could see a man go looking into the window, um and then he would just you know disappear, and that and it I didn't never found out who he was i didn't I didn't want to ask the people that owned the house the history because I didn't want to alarm them. um mm-hmm. I never went back and really did the 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 research on that one to find out who he was, but there definitely was somebody outside that window, and he watched me the whole time I was in that room, so um, but I should have done the sleuth on that. But people that have those feelings, it's really important to go and find out the history of, the, of where you are in the house. And even if you're in the woods, somebody was telling, we were talking today, somebody said, oh, well, there, there's no mm-hmm. ghosts in the woods, but there are ghosts in the woods. <laughs> because you don't know there could have been a battle there. There could have been, there's all kinds of, you know. So if you have feelings that you're out outside, like that little girl. Um, you know, she wasn't. She wasn't haunting. She was just curious as to watching me, as to what I was doing, and and I think wanting to be near a woman and, and near an adult, you know. And so, it, it's it's sad. It's very sad. I think in many ways that that people are kind of stuck there.
0: Mm. Do you um, think they're attracted to you in particular because you're uh, uh, sensitive to them? That that you. That they know that you know that they're there,
1: absolutely. Um, my daughter Lisa has she has the same basic abilities that I have um, i don't I've never really pursued knowing any more than what I know. They seem to know that I'm open and she's the same way. She'll be in a restaurant and it in Boston where it maybe had been a, a prison. At one point, and then they turned it into a bistro, and these entities just drive her crazy to the point that she has to leave because mm. she, they want to, they want to talk to her, they want to tell her, and she sees a lot of, a lot of them, and so oh. um, she actually sees sees these people, and so it gets so crowded that she just says, I can't eat, I have to, I have to leave here.
0: Wow. <laughs> so
1: she's done that a few times. Hospitals are another place that she has a real hard time in. And, um, so,
0: yeah. Have you ever done any art related to um, the other side?
1: No. Um, the only art that I have done was through my own experiences. Um, not so much um having to do with death, but in a way, I ha- it, it has to do with death. Um, I went through breast cancer, and when I did, um, I've had cancer three times, and um, I had breast cancer twice, and the last time I did it, um, I, I, I kept, I was in all these machines, and I kept thinking about breasts, and I thought, well, you know, there's all these images out there for, the, for breasts. I mean, there's a million I- images. There's Lake Titicaca, there's Grand Tetons, there's, you know, all of these, um, you know, Robin Redbreast, there's a thousand birds that have names mm-hmm. that have to do with breasts. So, um, so I did a mural, Uh all with these images in. It. Um, and it wasn't, be- it wasn't more because it's such a morose and sad time for most women and men. Um mm-hmm. But you get lost in that and if, if you can laugh at a time that's not so funny, it's healing. Very, very healing. So this, uh, on on every single image I wrote underneath what it was so that you didn't need a key to see it. You just had to walk up to it and read it. And it (laughs) would make, and it would make you laugh. And it is in the first breast clinic in the United States in the waiting room of the surgical department, which is probably the saddest place in the world, okay? And Mm -hmm. the the people there are told, and then they can go out there and get some relief.
0: Yes, something to smile about.
1: That's right, and all of the plant material in the mural is the cure for cancer, the yew tree, the, the periwinkle, all the things they use in chemo. And the yes. birds are sitting on it. and they, it, The whole thing is about breath and for breath and for the healing of
0: people. That oh, Kathy, unfortunately, we're, we are right out of time. But I want to thank you for sharing uh, some of your stories of your encounters with the other side. Um, for the listeners, if they'd like to listen again to this or any of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org. Uh, and tune in next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thank you, Kathy, and thanks to the listeners.